it's time for Taking Care of Business on Midlands 103. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103. Hello and a very good evening to you all. It's Tuesday the 2nd of May. I'm Ronan Berry and you're very welcome to Taking Care of Business here on Midlands 103. Coming up between now and 8pm, I'll be joined by Ted Wright of Mullingar headquartered Rytec. They're one. He's one of the 24 finalists in the EY Entrepreneur of the Year competition. The final award will be given in November of this year, so I'm interested to find out what happens for all those chosen ones between now and November, but also to get some updates from Ted on what's been happening with the company, and um, particularly since Waterland Private Equity acquired a majority stake back in 2021. We know there's been a number of acquisitions in the meantime, so looking forward to getting all the latest on that. Also, I'll be joined by another famous Midlands entrepreneur, Helen G of G's Gourmet Jams down in Abbey Leaks. Helen will give us a snapshot of business with the family company post-pandemic. Um, they're, of course, they are the award-winning producers of jams, relishes and chutneys. But also Helen will give us the latest updates from Leash Taste, that brand that was set up a number of years ago to promote everything that is great about Leash, Leash food and uh, beverages and, and the like as well, of which there are many. Also, I'll have some reaction from around the three counties to the news that the IDA is spending hundreds of millions buying and developing strategic sites outside of Dublin. So are they putting their money where their mouth is or are they going to put their mouth where their money is, if you know what I mean? Find out more about that. We'll get reaction from the Chambers of Commerce around the area on that news today. If you want to join this evening's conversation Best way to do so is by text or WhatsApp on 083 103, powered by the home of Offaly's top-selling car brand, Landbrothers Toyota, on the Arden Road in Tullamore. As always, delighted to hear from you and your opinion and what's been bothering you or what's impressing you about business across the Midlands over the past week. But uh, before that, um, that whole area of jobs and job creation is ever-present, thankfully, around the Midlands. And on this show, we constantly talk about the challenges that are put up there for employers and for companies to try and find talent. And sometimes getting yourself in front of that talent can be some of the challenges, but we know there's been some very successful job fairs, including last year, the very first Offaly job fair. It was a, effectively a rip-roaring success. I think it far exceeded a lot of people's expectations, but the people behind it and indeed the companies who presented there. To recap on that and then to get ready and look forward to the, the event, which is going to take place again in June this year, I'm glad to be joined by the President of Tullamore Chamber of Commerce, Anthony Hanafy. Anthony, last year's event, it really was, it kind of exceeded all your expectations. Uh, Rowan, it was really brilliant. Um, we had um, 35 different businesses exhibiting. I think we had 750 job seekers on the day. Uh, and I just say it was a huge success. Um, we had businesses from all over Offaly. We had job seekers from all over the Midlands. Um, and to say it went well, it, we just couldn't we couldn't believe the success of it. You're back for more this year. Tell us about what's happening. Yeah, we're 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 trying to replicate everything nearly as much as we as we done last year because it, it was such a success. So this year again, we're hoping to have in the region a thirty businesses as well. Some of the businesses last year were were there are fully staffed, but other businesses have come online for it after seeing how well last year went. And and again, hopefully we'll um, we'll have the same number of job seekers there again. Um, kind of hard hard to put a number on it, but um, getting great feedback so far. And it's not sector specific; it'll cover all different it'll areas. Cover all different sectors, like we're, we've basically you know from construction to healthcare to hospitality, any anything you can think of, we we have it there. 
for people to find out about it, I suppose, and to log that date in their calendar, how can they go about it, I suppose, from the point of view of somebody who's a potential job seeker, where do they go to look? Um, but the best, I suppose, the best place is, is our website, tullamorechamber.com, but uh, across all our social media as well. So Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, it's all, it's all across that. And then for companies who might like to exhibit, how can they find out more and get, get you know, become part of that? Yeah, well, so I suppose the first place to go is www.tullamorechamber.com. The details are there. Or drop us an email to info at tullamorechamber.com and Aoife will be back to them then straight away with, um, with all the details. The chamber are the primary driver behind it, but you've another other, you've a lot of other stakeholders involved too. It, really, it is kind of grabbing that kind of community aspect. Yes, yes, and, and the fair wouldn't be able to go ahead without the support of our of our stakeholders. So the local enterprise office, um, Offaly local development, uh, TUS, and the LOETB. So without them, without them, uh, we couldn't go ahead and uh, they provide financial support for the event, but also actually provide further support as well in terms of the organisation, which is invaluable. And you might have mentioned this because I didn't, maybe I didn't hear it. Tullamore Court Hotel is the venue for it. It is indeed, yeah. And on, the, free, on the 10th of June. And free to attend. And free to attend. So get yourself there if you're looking for a new exactly. job or if you want to exhibit and get those roles. Because as I say, it's been well signposted on this show too that the challenge sometimes in finding staff and filling new roles. So no better way to meet the, the jobs public out there. Anthony, looking just further afield, um, the report that broke in the Irish Times earlier this morning, it was talking about the IDA. It's potentially the, one of the biggest uh, purchases of commercial property in the country at the minute. It's outlaying mi- hundreds of millions of euros, buying up sites right around the country. And it's said that a lot of its investment is uh, looking at strategic developments outside of Dublin region. Are they finally listening, do you think, from a local perspective? I think so. I think so. We had uh, Minister Dunahoo down in uh, down in Tullamore and back in October, November, just after the budget. And uh, I asked him the question about the whole regional development side of things, and he, he seemed to be very uh, pro-regional uh, development. I suppose, really, it's needed. I think that they are, as you say, finally seeing the light. Um, we couldn't keep going what we're doing with Dublin and just building up, building, building Dublin up the whole time. Like I say, if, if Ireland was a boat, we'd have toppled over long ago. Um, so look, I I I think finally think he's uh, they're, they're all seeing sense on this. We just couldn't we couldn't keep going. Um, you know, they can see the the price of houses up there, price of everything up there has just gone on sky sky high. And you know, your your certain certain jobs that are not even say low pay jobs, medium pay jobs, you couldn't afford to live up there. So I think you know. Anywhere, anywhere, um, any successful country has everything spread out, and I think that's where we need to be as well. And that actually was a message that was really reiterated by both Minister Simon Coveney and and uh, Minister of State Dara Cleary in Port Leash last week at that Building Better Business event. They were saying that the, the old model of putting everything on the east coast is broken and it cannot continue like that. Mm. Do we know? Are there any indications the type of development they're looking for, or is at this point do you think is it just buying up land banks to have them there ready? And suppose does that automatically mean they're going to do anything with them? Yeah, well, I suppose the first step is buying the land banks and after that then is developing them and then basically trying to attract the businesses in. But I suppose, look, if you don't have the land banks in the first place, you can't do you can't do points two and three. So that's where you have to go. Um, I just suppose bringing it to bringing it to uh, County Offaly and to Tullamore in particular, we have the IDA business park there in Shra that's actually full. It's uh, full to capacity at the moment. I think there's maybe one or two small sites on it. But um, we really need uh, a new site in Tullamore, a new 100 acre site. Um and uh, like if we don't get it, there's a danger that some of the businesses that will, will expand and they can't expand until more they might have to move and they could then move outside of Ireland altogether. So it really is uh, ur- urgent. 
as I say, Minister uh, Donoghue basically did commit to me that basically he would look at new land for Tullamore. So we're, we're hoping that he'll follow through on that. And at least have that option there for existing companies who wish to expand, but also mm. have enough space. And, and, and that from an infrastructure perspective, are we ready to cater for them, say power, that type of thing? Have we got enough available to us? We are indeed. Uh, we're actually way ahead of the curve on, uh, on, um, on the, a lot of the utility side of things. Um, the other thing we're actually better in Tullamore than a lot of other a lot of our um, competitor towns is on the housing side. You know, we've had a few new developments in the last years. Now, I'm not saying it's perfect. We are a good bit behind in terms of where we need to be, but we're a lot better off than other towns. And the other thing, I suppose, then as well is is our housing is more affordable in Offaly than than some other uh, counties as well. So plenty of options there too. Are plenty of plenty of things to get you get a food for thought as well. So you get the jobs here, you might find that new career, and who knows, you might even end up working with a, a, a you know an extension of an existing multinational or maybe a new company that sets up in town. And of course, not not forgetting the fantastic work that our local indigenous companies do in this town as well. Huge employers here, and I know you're deeply involved with one of those too. And it and has to be credited, you know, room for those companies to expand would also be very welcome. But anyway, Anthony, for now, thank you for coming in, and uh, all the very best. And We'll have more updates on that job fair that's taking place on the 10th of June. Anthony Hanavy, thank you. Um, later on in the show, I'll be talking to John Gagan or we'll get some reaction from John and Mullingar Chamber to that report today about the IDA. And Caroline Hoffman will also be on to talk about on behalf of Leash Chamber Alliance. Again, because, you know, that, that age old thing that comes up around the number of visits and where the priority and the focus goes. So are we beginning to see things changing in Leash Offaly Westmead? As Anthony says, there possibly there's kind of strong indication from government that sites like in counties like sites like Tullamore and t- counties like Offaly are being pinpointed and seen as key players in the future development of the FDI sector in this country so in this in, in, um, in the country yeah so hopefully good things coming anyway time for a quick break after that we're going down to Abbey Leaks to talk to the one and only Helen G Taking care of business with thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business Coming up on Taking Care of Business shortly, I'll be joined by Ted Wright of Wrightech in Mullingar. He's one of 24 people shortlisted for this year's EY Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And also I'll get some more reaction to that announcement today about the IDA becoming one of the biggest p- purchasers of commercial property around the country in a plan or a strategy that appears to be focused mainly on sites outside of Dublin and those regions that are already fairly jam-packed with industry and big companies as well indeed are bursting at the seams but when I mention the word jam and you think of the Midlands and you think of entrepreneurship and great business people the one and only Helen G comes to mind she's the managing director of G's Gourmet Jams down in Abbey Leaks and it really started with Helen it was her passion for jam they created that into a family business and it grew and grew over the years and it's always a pleasure to hear from people like Helen and it's a couple of years since we last had her on Taking Care of Business so I'm going to begin by saying Helen you're very welcome to Taking Care of Business and can you tell us how has life been in G's Gourmet Jams particularly post-pandemic? Hello Ronan good to hear you Delighted to be able to have a chat with you this evening. Yes, we have had a great start to the year. It's really going well. And it's mainly due to the quality of our products and our loyal customer base over the last nearly 25 years now, Ronan, we're in business. So retail doing really well. Food service, you know, we lost all our hotels and restaurants and cafes and delis and everything during COVID. And they're all back, which is great. They've all come back to us and they're all doing really well. And um, it's fantastic fantastic to see as well. That's a positive side, yes. Absolutely. And at one point you used to supply some airlines. Is that still on the go? 
Yes, uh, it is indeed. Yeah, it is. In our small jars, you'll see them in lots of hotels, uh, the small little breakfast, little uh, 28-gram jars. They're in, and they are really going extremely well this year now. So for room service and for your scone to go and all that, it's really going terribly well. What was it like back, and I really hate to go back to that period, but when you could see maybe no end in sight as to when things like hospitality would be allowed to reopen and like it surely had a big impact on your business. How did you go about mitigating that and, and overcoming that as a business? Oh, it, it, that, oh we thought we were gone. <laughs> but no, we we were lucky. We had our eggs as they goes in two baskets and our retail, um, that picked up. So that counteracted some of it, didn't not all of it, of course, but it's great to see them coming back now and stronger than ever, really, which is which is marvellous, marvellous. Yeah, because, I mean, during the time, there was always these predictions as to how long it might take to get back to pre-COVID levels. If that comes quicker, um, all the better for everybody. But from your own business perspective, how many employees have you on site now? And uh, are your family still working with you, too? Yes, yes. <laughs> they haven't all left me yet. I haven't run them all out the door yet. No, the three of them are here, which is marvellous. Rye is in production. Sandra is in uh, quality and control. And BRC and Clive, of course, has always been in sales. So, no, the three really work well together, which is great. And I'm not as involved, I suppose, on the floor as I used to be. So um, that's a factor that they have all been trying to ease me out, maybe. Get me to retire, Ronan. Uh, I, but anyway, I, I'm, not go- I'm not gone yet. <laughs> I, I doubt that's going to happen too soon. But still, it must, be, it must be a nice feeling to be able to step back a little bit and trust that they, they know what to do, you know, that they've yes, learned what is. to do. Yeah, and it's great to see the family so involved. It's absolutely marvellous to see them all. And our staff, you know, with, the only problem we are having a problem getting more staff. You know, that has been an issue from this time last year, I'd say, getting staff and more staff. And, you know, that I think COVID had a, an impact on staff right around the country because you see looking for staff in every window, uh, everywhere looking for staff. I suppose that, that has been... Uh, and the other problem area that we have, all our ingredients have increased, especially sugar and jars, ESB, IT services. All that has had a huge impact this year in particular and to get an increase then because of food inflation is a big worry. So it looks like we're working harder to stand still, for want of a better word. But it's going really well. You know, we're not we're not going to fall off the ladder, as the saying goes. Well, fantastic to hear. And it was I, I met you, bumped into the event in Port Leash last Thursday, the Building Better Business event run by the Department of Enterprise, yes. Trade and Employment. And there was very strong words from all the ministers present that, you know, the investment and the focus is going out, the Midlands region will get its fair share. And, you know, they spoke about a lot of the, the, the data around job creation from the local enterprise offices and that it's been shown now that the, most of the growth is outside the Dublin region. As a business owner there, did you come away with that with a sense that, you know, the government will back your businesses locally? Yes, I do think so. And there was a lot of positivity at that uh, meeting between uh, the guest speakers and the panel speakers. You know, that was really, really good. I did think it was very badly attended from business owners in this county, especially Leash. You know, there could have been an awful lot more there, I think. There was a lot to be learned, especially from the panel and the, the guest speakers. You know, like CJ and Sheer, they were brilliant. You know, they're, they're uh, going on sustainability and biodiversity and all that, you know. And it's, it's from those people you learn more, really, than anybody else. 
But the amount of money that's going to come into leash and the amount of people that can available. The only thing, and I've always said, small business, you know, you're always ran off your feet. You have this to do, that to do, and a whole lot of things to do. And to go looking for money from anywhere, it is and always has been a barrier, I think. There's so many hurdles you have to jump over. There's so much red tape you have to go through. And, you know, you're talking about months, uh, months ahead before you actually draw down the money. And I think that's the, that's the biggest failure about money coming into county. And it's great to see the money, but tapping into it. You need to get faster and out to the people that are positive and going, you know, going to grow bigger and bigger and going to stay there. I mean, we're there now nearly 25 years. We're not going to go off the map or anything, you know, and we still have to go through all the loops. And I think that's the hard part for any business even starting up now. That's the hard bit when you're up and going and you're sure right off your feet, you're going here, there and everywhere, you know. And uh, I've always felt that's the, that is the, the biggest problem. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of talk of last week was around the energy prices and then say ways of mitigating that, looking at more sustainability, yeah. things like solar panels, etc. But looking at the kind of here and now, when, when you mention sometimes the onerous task of claiming money or getting grant money, did G's Gourmet Jams look at things like the Temporary Business Energy Support Scheme or did you apply for any government supports to, to help you with those increased operating costs? Uh, not yet, I'll be honest with you. We have applied now, and that's why I say it takes so long to get through. That That's the hard bit. But uh, hopefully we will come out with some money out of some of the agencies. And there's so many agencies out there now that, you know, you need to know, oh, am I going to Leo, am I going to Leader or um, Leash Partnership, or are you going to Enterprise Ireland, and where you are and what you have. And, you know, all those come into focus then. But it's, it's, it's great, and there's, there's definitely some money definitely going to come into leash. Well, so great. I hope to tap into some of that anyway. Well, yeah. absolutely. Look, at anybody that knows you and knows your product and indeed knows the family knows that it, you know, you're in safe hands there and there's nothing sure you will still be there in another 25 years and many, many more yeah. because oh. that whole Hopefully. that whole thing around, you know, you know, top quality artisan, locally produced food yeah. is something you're hugely passionate about. Not that people wouldn't have spotted yeah. that already, but uh, Leash Taste was set up in 2019. It's a collaborative effort between Leash uh, food and drink producers, the County Council, the yes. local enterprise office and Leash Partnership, something you're, you're heavily involved in as well. Oh, and you've heavily got, you've, involved. You've got in, some yes. updates on that for us too. Yes, we have. You know, it's, it's really, uh, and I've always said Leash should be much more on the map. You know, we are the centre. We're not only an hour from Dublin, an hour from Galway. You know, the road, the road infrastructure is terrific for Leash. You know, you can go to Dublin, Cork, you know, it's brilliant. So we have 33, 30, I think there could be 33 food producers now in the county, which is absolutely amazing. And our first showcase of that was last Saturday. We had a fantastic event out in Forbea, just off the Ballyfin Road, out of Portlaoise, out in the forest, with Sam Moody uh, from the New Bramleys and Abbey League, served up a beautiful meal. And, you know, it, it's, it's very, very uh, near to us here. And the next place we'll be going to is Shine and the Forest Fest. And, of course, I, I'll be shocked if I don't say Buds and Blossoms and Spink. And that's on the 11th of June. And they have fantastic speakers, you know, people coming over from the UK to talk about horticulture and flowers. So, you know, and it's great to see an integration of food and flowers and, you know, whatever else is going on in the county. And we'll have the Poly Fest. You know, there's loads of things going and we hope to be there in our droves, showcasing Leash as a food-producing county. And that's where I would always love to have seen it. What's really interesting, if anybody... Up in lights. 
if anybody looks at your website, leashtaste.ie, and you look at some of the producers there, there's some more traditional producers, but now you've lots of kind of really alternative stuff and, and kind of kind of a global influence all coming to Leash too. Oh, and we you, have. You've had some lovely additions recently. Yes, we have. We have Mimo from Port Portagin has really come come on in Leafs and Bounds. There was a time when you didn't hear the word Portagin. But we have Mimo from Portagin. We have oil from Portagin. We have the red shed with organic vegetables all growing there right around uh, in Portagin. They're open on, a, on a Friday and Saturday. So you have all these different things that's happening. And, and uh, on the other side then we have the the little uh, green shoots. I've got a call. It doesn't come to mind now the name of them, but they're out in Earl. You know, so from one end of the county to the other, and in the middle, and we have our drinks in Balcay Cavern, and, you know, Moore's drink. So we, we have the food and the drink now, and sure, the more the merrier. Absolutely. I'm, I'm starting to get hungry now listening to you, but can I ask you one <laughs> final question before you go, Helen? What keeps you going? What is it that makes you jump out of bed in the morning and keep doing what you're doing? Yeah, I think to be uh, interested and have a love of what to do. I love talking about food. I love being in the middle of food. I love seeing people getting on and get and 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 increasing and you know getting out there. I love to see it on a shelf. I love to see it in all the four corners of the country. The the products that's that's made in Leash and we have the curry, the Merry Meal. You know, we have so much out there and. They're not all jams and they're not all sauces. So there's a, a load of variety of products, which I think is just marvellous. Absolutely, no. And I've had the pleasure of sampling many of those over the last couple of years too. And they are, they're absolutely delicious too. And I think that's what, it's great to see regionally people getting together as a grouping. And you've got the backing as well of the County Council, the Enterprise Office. Oh, all, we have a all huge backing. We have huge back in front of council and only for the county council, you know, we, we will do the big events like, like the picnic and the plough and they're really behind us. They have been absolutely wonderful, wonderful. And to say the Leash Partnership and Leo, they're all working with us and working for us, shall we say, at this stage. You know, we've got a new food uh, coordinator in uh, Liz, uh, Liz um, for Kennedy and she's trying to get us all up to another level, you know, which is great. Some of them are very small and trying to get up to that next level. It can be very hard and tough going. Now, well, they've also got people like yourselves and even the whole Ballykill Cavern story. There's so many people there too that can that can help those other producers and, and maybe fast-track them to getting out, you know, more national distribution and who knows, maybe even global eventually. But, Helen, fantastic to hear that you're, not only are you still going, you're going strong and uh, certainly the appetite for it hasn't diminished and there's lots more to come from, from yourself and, and G's Gourmet Jam soon. Take care, Helen. I will talk yes. to you again shortly. Lovely talking to you, Ron. Thanks a million for having me on. As always, bye bye. an absolute pleasure as always, Helen. Um, Helen G, of course, G's Gourmet Jams and Abbey Leaks. And uh, there's a woman who is deeply passionate about her own products and indeed about the produce from from County Leash and uh, really they're helping putting that on map. If you want to look it out, leashtaste.ie, very simple website. Check out, as Helen says, possibly up to 35 suppliers listed on it there now, all of which are readily available and there to be tried and uh, Test it out. Anyway, great to see. If similar initiatives are happening across other counties, please get in touch. Let me know. 83 30 10 103. Time now for a quick break. Later on, we're going to have a bit of reaction from both Leash and Westmead. Um, Anthony Hannafy from Tullamore Chamber touched on a little bit earlier there about the, the news that the IDA are becoming the biggest purchaser of commercial property in the country at the minute. How well does it bode for the Midlands? You'll hear later from John Gagan in 
Mullingar Chamber and from Caroline Hoffman in the Leash Chamber Alliance. But after this break, I'll be back with Ted Wright of Wrightech in Mullingar. He's one of the 24 nominees for the EY Entrepreneur of the Year Award this year. Talk to you shortly. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. My next guest on Taking Care of Business Evening is Ted Wright of Wrightec Industrial Services in Mullingar. Ted has been shortlisted for the EY Entrepreneur of the Year Award this year. He's one of only 24 entrepreneurs selected for the coveted award. The um, award is you know, it's well known across the country and indeed globally as well. And entrepreneurs that are shortlisted span all the main industry sectors throughout the country. Collectively, the group of world-class business leaders that have won the award previously or have been nominated have already generated and are, are generating annual revenues of more than 700 million and employ over 5,000 people. So we're talking some serious companies, serious people. And uh, let's just say you don't just get nominated for the sake of it. There's a lot of work goes into that. So look, to find out more about um, what it means to Ted and indeed to the company, let's um, let's get Ted on the line here now. Ted, uh, very good evening. It's a huge honour I can imagine for you. But I suppose before we touch on the EY Entrepreneur of the Year Award, uh, Waterland Private Equity took a majority shareholding in Rytech back in 2021. And we saw quite quickly there was a number of acquisitions. How have things been since that deal was first cast and uh, where are you right now? Oh, a lot of changes have happened now since uh, since that August day. Um, I suppose we've acquired four four new businesses since then and um, we've brought our turnover up to about 115 million. So we're getting quite large and uh, 550 people employed now over four or five countries. So it's different. It's a different business. It's a different way of running. and um, uh, But it's exciting, exciting. And was that something that Waterland had always put the when they first approached you, that they would look at bringing in those those key acquisitions and expanding the footprint globally? Exactly. Our our business was probably, I would say, I'd like to say we're probably best in class of what we do and with some great systems and processes inside. So what we try to do is to bring that out and integrate that across the group and, and some learnings from, from the other countries and cultures that we that we buy into as well. And we bring them back home and we integrate back out again. So that's proving a really, really good um, a good way of doing things. But Mullingar remains headquarters too, and you're deeply committed to staying in your hometown. Oh, absolutely! And, and you opened yeah. up your innovation and research centre too. Uh, anything exciting coming from that? Yeah, some good things. We won an award for um, a new pressure testing pump. We won an Engineers Ireland award. We had some graduates here working on that. We have um, from there now we've 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 increased our turnover in through Mullingar by forty percent in the last. Uh, 14 months and that's because we could get engineers into our new area so that has been a huge success for us we've got some fantastic talent out of um, Technical Technical University Shannon and from Maynooth and from DCU as well some great people and that talent is at an extreme shortage how did you go about capturing those people now you don't have to give away all the secrets but how did you go about (laughs) attracting them to the business in the first place well, um, through different programs um, we we went and met them at some um, um, employer days. We've done some projects directly with uh, with with University of Shannon, and we're taking interest students from DCU. So we're, we're trying to get to meet as many good people as we can, and then word of mouth, of course, has helped as well. And existing employees um, promoting us, which is great to hear. I was going to say, that was going to say, what was the what's the secret sauce? Like, what's the factor, and how do you get the word about, say, your internal culture out there? Like, or how do you let people know? How happy current employees are? How, is there something you've done specifically there to get that to get that out? 
Now, I have hired a, fant- a fantastic new HR lead. She's doing a fantastic job through LinkedIn and, and through re- recruiters. And that's working well as well. Um, it's the whole team around me that's really helped me and help us grow and get her name out. I suppose the billing itself, some news with the Waterland has got her name out there. Putting her um, name on the sleeve of the Westby jersey has helped. So little things like that. Absolutely, yeah. And again, and there's that piece of giving back too, it really puts a name out there. But there probably still are yeah. some challenges, dare I say, in terms of getting people. Huge. Like, you know, when it comes to apprentices, are you experiencing what so many companies seem to be telling me that they are? It's just, not alone is it hard to get apprentices, it's hard to even see people getting into the system to begin with to, 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 to fulfil the needs of companies like yourselves. Yes, there is. And there's people that fall through the cracks between the third level and, and school and they don't know where to go. You know, and, and they're trying to find their feet. And we give a lot of guys a, a different option. Um, and it works very well for some guys and girls. Um, and in fact, I'd like to get more girls onto the construction site. It's something that I'm passionate about. We have, we have a lot of girls working for us in Sweden on the construction sites, but it's very difficult to get uh, young girls working on, on, on construction sites. And there's some fantastic... Um, uh, the, way, the way work is done nowadays... Um, physical strength doesn't come into it. You know, everything is much safer. There's tools to lift everything. So there's fantastic careers to be had on construction sites and within the engineering environment. How do we go about getting more people to consider an apprenticeship then as the, as the way forward for their career? I think people would be, lots of people would be in agreement with you with that gap and people falling through the net between school and third level. How can we capture those people? Because we're talking like long-term, sustainable, highly skilled roles here ultimately. Yes, and very well paid as well. People underestimate the pay that's in the construction centre uh, construction centre as you get experience. Um, I, I feel, I suppose, it's just talking more about it. Um, uh, you know, a, a good tradesman is never out of a job. And that's always been said to me since I've been young. And we just have to keep saying that. And, uh, you know, firms like ourselves and some great firms in Dublin that do, that are good employers within construction centres have to keep pushing, keep pushing. And hopefully we can get that talent in because, you know, it's so important to, to all businesses like yourselves there too. But I suppose there's so many awards and accolades you can pick up, you know, the fact that your turnover is increasing the way it is. You're increasing your global footprint with employees and with services and the R&D continues the pace there. And there's been yeah. probably many accolades. But for yourself to be selected as one of the 24 nominees for the EY Entrepreneur of the Year Award, what was that like when the news broke to you? Yeah, um, I didn't think I'd get through, uh, Ronan. It's very humbling, I have to say. There was 160 that applied for it. Uh, I think the 26th year, I, I, I didn't think I'd get through. So when I got through, I was a big surprise. Uh, and I met um, all, the, uh, all the 24 successful um, applicants uh, last Wednesday at a meal. And it was, it was very good. It was uh, eye-opening, put it that way. Yeah, I've seen some of the stats behind the awards and even from the networking and the business that's done between, you know, nominated companies and previous winners and that, it's quite staggering. So you're, you're already, you've already joined an illustrious group of people there and looking at some of the names on the paper, they're jumping out like, I'd say, people will be very familiar with them. But you've been nominated in international category, of course. One, the, the overall yeah. winner will become the EY Entrepreneur of the Year. But what's quite interesting is the final or the winner will be announced in November. So what happens between now and then? It's, it's not that you sit back and kind of rest on your laurels until then by any means. No, we had to, there's a couple of stages in it, I believe. I think it started last Wednesday. You, um, I, you're interviewed again. Um, the, we had the meal, and then we go on a CEO retreat, which, um, from what I hear, is quite intense, but no harm. 
and then uh, we're judged all the way through that and and I believe we're judged then we have a, a, a formal judging then happens in um, I think it's July or August and then it's announced in November yeah. You've been very modest because that retreat is in Singapore now. It's not in the Midlands Park or something. Yeah, you, you, no. you, <laughs> but as I say, it'll, it'll probably be the form of a boot camp, camp as well. But no, it's a, yeah, it's, a yeah. it's, it's it's a it's a fascinating time. It's a fantastic group uh, to be part of too. And um, look at who knows, we'll be watching the news around November anyway to see what happens. And um, <laughs> with that, it would be a fantastic achievement for another Midlands business too. But what's next for y'all in Right Tech anyway? And any big announcements coming later this year? Well, we've we've just acquired three new businesses that we will be announcing in media soon, but we're just um, I can't announce it just yet. And um, we're looking at a business uh, in Spain as well. So a lot of traveling, uh, a lot of expansion, and uh, that that's what's happening for for the next thirty six months at least. Oh. <laughs> um, so so it, it's good. Like there's some great programs helping here. Where um, as I said, we're, we're trying to improve everything we do all the way through. So. If there's any young entrepreneurs out there, young engineers, please give us a shout. Uh, we have some great positions. What's the best way to get in touch with, with your people? Uh, uh, HR at righttechlimited.com. There you That's go. the best way. That is, and we'll get back to it straight away. Beautiful in its simplicity. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Keep it, keep it simple. And as people gather from yourself anyway, and even even talking to your brothers, like you know that uh, it's straight talking as well. It's just straight in. But uh, look, it definitely worth checking out. And uh, careers there that can be built for people living around Mullingar and the surrounding areas too. But for now, Ted, it's all the very best. It's fantastic following the story, getting the updates as well, seeing the growth of Rytech. You know particularly the enabling that um, to deal with, with, with Waterland has done for you and, and how you've embraced that and, and yeah. expanded that service and, and uh, you know, putting stuff that's coming from Mullingar right in the heart of the Midlands here, right across the world. And listen, Ted, all the very best in November. We'll keep our ears and eyes peeled, hoping that maybe you bring home the big prize <laughs> on the night. Well, uh, look, hopefully, but I wouldn't be uh, putting a... 200 euro bet on it put it that way yeah, see. We'll <laughs> but look thank it. you very much for the opportunity well, not at all Ted it's a pleasure and we'll talk to you again soon take care Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is Ted Wright there of the Wrightech Group in Mullingar and again like another amazing local success story and uh, you know huge accolade huge achievement for Ted to even be on the shortlist for the EY Entrepreneur of the Year Award and as uh, I say we'll keep an eye out in November and hopefully they can bring that home and uh, say it'll be just another accolade for that business and as Ted said like most of the people this evening like all the people this evening so far actually there's jobs available not just jobs there's some really good quality sustainable well-paid technical skill jobs available across the Midlands and an amazing company is looking for you or somebody you know to help them fill those roles and, and continue the growth and continue the growth of our region. And that the other kind of theme we're hearing a lot this evening is that the IDA and the Enterprise Ireland of this world are focused on and more supports. We all a lot of us heard it firsthand last week at that event in, in Port Leash, the Building Better Business event that they are focusing on the Midlands and the regions to try and increase development because we know the system of continued build around Dublin and the East Coast is broken to some to a lot of extent. So support may be there. And that's backed up by the news today that the IDA are spending hundreds of millions acquiring commercial properties around regions outside of Dublin. Some regions, of course, here in the Midlands across Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Earlier you heard Anthony Hanifi from the Lamore Chamber speak about that. After break, we'll have some reaction from John Gagan in Mullingar and Caroline Hoffman in Leash. 
Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. A quick reminder that you can still nominate a person or a business or somebody or some place that has given you exceptional service lately because the Midlands 103 Customer Service Awards are still open for nominations, but nominations will be closing very, very shortly. Midlands103.com is where you need to go. And there are a huge number of categories. It could be financial service of the year. It could be locksmith of the year, car salesperson of the year, personal trainer of the year, groomswear supplier of the year, maybe even engineering firm of the year, farm machinery supplier of the year. There really is a category for everybody. So if you've experienced some great service recently, try and get that person recommended for what they do and imagine if what it would be like for them to pick up a Midlands 103 Customer Service Award um, if it's easy to do easy to apply just go in and make sure you do it because if you don't it doesn't mean nobody else will so get your nominations in and get them in quickly for that time now to look back at that story that uh, was in today's papers about the IDA and having acquired 16 large properties in the last two years in an effort to deliver advanced building solutions in 19 sites across the country by 2024. The Inward Investment Agency is now one of the biggest players in the property market amid concern about charge of housing for workers and pressure on power supplies. It actually is probably one of the biggest purchasers of commercial property based on today's accounts. Their annual property budget has risen this year to 113.5 million euros. That's up from 39 million euros in 2020. And in the plan for acquiring these properties is estimated that it'll cost up to about 344 million euros in the next five years. Uh, records released to the Irish Times showed that 16 sites the agency acquired since 2021 were in Loud, Waterford, Cork, Limerick, Westmead, Kilkenny, Galway, Leash and Kildare. Um, there were 10 such deals in 2022 as the activity stepped up as well. So what is the reaction uh, locally to that? Firstly, John Gagan of Mullingar Chamber spoke to Midlands 103's Cameron Clark a little bit earlier this evening. And Cameron began by asking John, what did he believe were factors in Westmead remaining a particular focal point for the IDA? It, there's, there's two strands to this really. The first one would be strong local political representation. So over the last 10 years, let's say our local politicians and, and Mullingar Chamber and Athlone Chamber have done a super job at campaigning for regional development, particularly here in Mullingar, which has not seen much region, regional development through the IDA in the past 30 years. Um, the, second, the second strand to it is a transformation in the IDA strategy. So basically, you'll see in the numbers that they're spending a lot more money on capital rather than grants. And this year, they're putting in over 100 million in Ireland delivering these buildings as a built building ready for an occupier to come into. The idea does have an increased property budget this year. It's up to 113.5 million. That's up almost 40 million on 2020, so only three years ago. Um, do, you think, do you think that that would you know, lead, lead to more potential in Westmead? Absolutely. This is all part of a longer plan. So they've got a four or five year strategy. That budget fits into the strategy and that includes delivering the Ardmore Park here in Mullingar, the ABS in Mullingar. So I, I think it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's the best thing we've seen here in the town from the IDA in, in over 30 years. And it follows along from the development of National Science Park at Marylandstown and other significant investments around Mullingar. Are you aware of the agency's plans on the sites in Mullingar? Or in Westmead, I understand. Yeah, I understand from talking to them that the Mullingar one is approved. They got their planning approved some months ago and they're now preparing to go out to tender and appoint a contractor. So we're really hopeful that by the end of 23, 
they'll be on site and by maybe the end of 24 they might have a building delivered. To change topics ever so slightly, are you aware if the IDA gets more favourable terms when buying up commercial property? I wouldn't think so. From transactions, I've seen them do in various places. They pay market rates and, and it is quite expensive to buy land. And I don't think they would have got much favourable treatment throughout the country in any instance I'm aware of. It must be encouraging for other businesses who are looking to move into Westmeath to see the IDA have this sort of belief in the county that they can continue to develop there. It's absolutely massive. Like when we talk to large companies looking to come to the Midlands and Tullingar, if we can show them things like this delivered by a government agency, it reinforces their confidence in investing their money in, in our town and our county. That's John G- John Gagan there from Mullingar Chamber talking to Midlands 103's Cameron Clark about that um, press release or that uh, news article this morning around the IDA and its buying up of commercial properties. Earlier today on Midlands Today with Will Faulkner, Caroline Hoffman, the CEO of Leash Chamber Alliance, gave her reaction to the piece. Fortunately, the, the figures for Leash in itself in terms of site visits, job creation from IDA client companies, has traditionally been quite low over the past number of years, but it has been strong overall for the Midlands region. Um, For example, in 2022, FDI employment in the Midlands region rose by 10.5%, and the same increase was actually seen in Dublin. So looking at Leash, it's very positive to see the acquisition of a site here, and of course in Westmead, and to see their commitment shows that very much Leash is on their radar, which is very positive for the county. But so, last year, and we only have figures up to the first nine months, but there were only two site visits in Leash compared to 20 in Westmeath, for argument's sake. So what seems to be the limiting factor in Leash? Well, as Leash Chamber Alliance and Invest in Leash, we've been working with the IDA and with our ministers to see what can be done for everyone to work together and improve on these figures. But it's positive to see the 45 acres being acquired. So this was announced last October. And we have some great companies based in there, including Greenfield Global, who very openly say that they looked at 32 other sites around the country and they chose Leash. You know, we have a young, talented, dynamic workforce. We don't have the same challenges in terms of housing that Dublin has. And that's why the IDA has been focused on regional investment. Um, what we are you know, pushing for is for a master plan for this site to ensure that it's developed in a timely manner. Um, for example, the IDA strategy up to 2024 looks at 25 targeted um, investments for the Midlands region. But in that, they also mention advanced building solutions and Westmead, Mullingar at loan and also Longford are mentioned in that. But we'd like to see this in Leash. There is a demand for office space clean rooms potentially we could attract pharmaceuticals to the county because we have that land bank available Um, but it's important that there is this master plan that services are in place for the sites and that it isn't left idle. Well that is a risk and the Minister uh, for Enterprise Simon Coveney while he was tending to your your other big project Cube uh, last month he was at pains to say if the IDA wasn't prioritising Leash then it will be buying land elsewhere. So who is the onus on to develop this master plan, as you call it, so the site is developed to its full potential? Well, the IDA land is obviously owned um, by the IDA, but in terms of services, it will be working with the SB Board Gosh, 
Um, it'll also involve working with the local authority and we're fortunate in Leash that we have a very approachable pro-business local authority. We've seen that with Junction 17. Um, there were businesses that I'm sure would have loved to have gone in there, but it's at full capacity. So it shows the demand for space. I know myself and the Cube, you know, we're, we're nearly at full capacity. We're just waiting to sign off on the top floor. Um, and at that stage, we'll be at full capacity. And we need this space for businesses, for companies, for FDI to set up and leash and have a landing pad. You know, our, our planning laws nationally, unfortunately, it can take time to develop a greenfield site. Um, so they need this landing pad. And that's why an advanced building solution would be so important. And I know there's also plans for an advanced technology building in Tullamore. So we want to be on par. It's, they're looking at targeted um, investments in the region. They're looking at balanced regional development, and that's part of government policy. And Leash just needs to get its fair share. And slowly we're start, starting to see that happening, particularly with this acquisition of 45 acres, which is incredibly positive um, and shows that we're very much on the radar. You've been listening there to Caroline Hoffman, CEO of Leash Chamber Alliance, again reacting to that article that was in the Irish Times this morning talking about the IDA and the amount of money they've put aside already to, to purchase commercial properties, but also money that's been put into the budget for this year far exceeds what was there in previous years too. So a lot of ambition there. Um, both Caroline and earlier in the show, Anthony Hanafy of Tullamore Chamber seem to greet the news with a lot of positivity. And it does look like things are beginning to change. And for so many years, we spoke about the lack of visits, the lack of you know, viable companies being brought down to actually see the Midlands, to see what it had to offer. Now, these things, of course, take time. Leash County Council have been very proactive, too, in buying up land over the past number of years in order to prepare for things like this to come. So there was the question there is, will it come? You know, if you build it, um, they will come or whatever that... The, um, will this bring the investment and that actually and, and you'll know, take it out of the bigger cities and bring it down to the Midlands that people have been crying out for a lot of time there. Before that, you heard from John Gagan of Mullingar Chamber and Mullingar in particular in Westmead has been you know, benefited a lot from IDA investment over the past couple of years and it's developed those kind of e- that ecosystem and little clusters of multinationals there and, and it in turn attracts even more too. So the question is, will the same happen across the rest of the regions? But you also heard tonight that beyond that, our indigenous businesses, local companies, the likes of Ritech, you know, now with footprints in eight, six different countries all across the world, you know, growing exponentially year on year. Ted Wright, one of the one of the family members that was behind that company, nominated for the EY Entrepreneur of the Year Award. Fantastic stuff happening. You also heard from Helen G of the amazing G's Gourmet Jams and Abbey Leaks, another local business and great to see them uh, surviving and thriving post-pandemic. That's it for me for this evening. Talk to you next week at 7. Take care. Joe Cooney's up next with Country Roads. Taking care of business. Returns next Tuesday at 7pm with the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business.